experiencing the vayus, exploring the inner cosmos through Antarang Yoga. Part 6. Swarodaya, the sound of breath. In today's blog, I will introduce an ancient and powerful science of yoga called Swaryoga. If quantum mechanics is the ultimate in science, then we can say that Swaryoga is the ultimate research that has been done on the human being and life in general. Like I have said many times, these are all subjective sciences. They are powerful. The knowledge is vast and detailed. But we must understand that the body of knowledge of yoga and tantra does not exist as theoretical science and applied science separately. There is no such division and there is zero speculation. Each master has thoroughly researched it, experienced it and then passed it on to a worthy successor. So while there are texts, the real knowledge has always rested with a master. It is difficult to exactly translate Swara Yoga. It is the science of breath, the science of vibrations and the science of energy flow all combined. Because in nature, that is the way things are manifest. For example, we understand energy and mass. But in real life, we do not experience pure energy or pure mass. We analyze our experience into components and both mass and energy are analytical components of our experience. They do not exist independently in the universe. Similarly, when we talk of swara, we talk of breath, vibration or sound and flow all together and this constitutes one of the deepest insights into our very beings. But before we dwell deep into it, let us start with the breath. So this blog has an introductory segment on how breath can be a simple doorway to happiness. We then move on to an introduction to Swara Yoga. And finally, we speak about the topic of the day, Udanavayu. Of course, why I have chosen to introduce you to Swara Yoga in the Vayu blog is because it is in the end about the Vayus the energy systems in the human body and about the Mahaprana, the cosmic energy. Dwelling on something is the first step and the only step in Antarang Yoga where we are not talking of great physical feats but dwelling on something, staying with the knowledge is itself the most significant step we can take into the world of the subtle. Joining with the breath, the simplicity of happiness. The simplest awakening of yoga is just becoming aware of breathing, just to feel inhalation and exhalation, to just continuously be aware of, I breathe. Breathing consists of the following segments, Purak, inhalation or breathing in, Rechak, exhalation or breathing out and kumbhak where there is no movement of breath. Kumbhak is of three types. Antah kumbhak when you inhale and hold the breath. Vahya kumbhak 
when you exhale and hold the breath and Kevala Kumbhak where the breathing stops spontaneously. Also, there are two points of transition when the inhalation changes to the exhalation and the exhalation changes to the inhalation. When we sleep, we experience two different states of being. One is where we see dreams. This state is called Swapna. Here, the brain is as active as when we are awake. This is the phase where the brain copes with all the unfinished business of the day. And here, the breath rate will be fast, like when we are active. And there is another state we enter in sleep, a deeper state where there are no dreams. This is called Sushupti. In this state, the brain activity is very low and so is the breathing rate. In the dreamless state, we enter a state of bliss. We spoke in earlier blogs that there are five kosha or layers to our being. And the innermost layer is the Anandamaya Kosh, the bliss body, where our brain activity is low. In this state, we spontaneously experience that bliss daily, if we have slept well. And this is where we heal, rejuvenate and refresh daily. In this deep state, we lose our sense of identity, good and bad. We lose our identification with all aspects and details of our life. It is a state of purity. And with that spontaneous detaching with the identity or ahamkara, the I feeling disappears. And all the worries and problems also disappear. When we wake up, we get back to this is me, our identity. And with it also comes our whole life its ups and downs, the worries, anxieties, and the problems, and the achievements. In meditation, we enter the state of deep relaxation and bliss without losing our awareness. Whereas in deep sleep, we enter that state without awareness. That is the only difference between the state of deep sleep and meditation. It is the difference between sleep and awakening. Breath and Awareness The Eternal Twins There is the story of twin girls Anna and Maria. Once, while visiting a fair, the father took Anna to a gift shop while Maria was with the mother riding the roller coaster. While they were riding it, there was a malfunction and they were stranded precariously at the top of the roller coaster. In the gift shop, Anna had a panic attack as if someone had died. And after around a minute's time, she became happy. When the father asked her what was it, she couldn't explain. Later, when the parents exchanged notes, they realized that Anna had the panic attack exactly when the roller coaster developed the malfunction and she became happy soon as it started moving. Now here is the golden key of well-being. Let us understand. The relationship between breath and awareness is just like the relationship between Anna and Maria. The breathing pattern mirrors our state of being and the reverse is also true. If we change the breathing pattern to mimic the pattern of deep relaxation, 
the brainwave patterns also change to relaxed states. Therefore, breath is the golden key to relaxation and deep states of healing. In the same way, when we are doing an energetic activity, our breathing is rapid, similar to that of a pump that is used to blow air. So when we want to increase body heat or metabolism, it can happen even as we sit if we rapidly inhale and exhale, like the movement of the bellows used to increase the fire. This is called bhastrika. Similarly, when we are anxious, our breath becomes shallow, fast and irregular. If we change the breathing pattern to long deep breaths, anxiety will also come down. When we are angry, the breathing pattern is fast, energetic and irregular. If we take deep, long breaths, the anger will subside. Every function of the physical body and all the kosha can be influenced by the breath because breath carries mahaprana, which then splits into the ten vayus, which control all the functions of the body. So the breathing pattern affects all the vayus positively or negatively and through them every aspect of our being, the physical body or annamaya kosha, the energy body or pranamaya kosha, the mental body or manomaya kosha, the psychic body or vijinnamaya kosha and the bliss body or anandamaya kosha. The breath itself is extremely sensitive to one thing, attention. It's so simple and powerful. The moment we notice it, it gets deeper, fuller and relaxed. And that in turn affects all the vayus. So the act of being aware of the breath is the most powerful thing in life that we can do with ourselves as it balances the two halves of the brain, the functioning of every cell in the body, every organ system, emotions, the thinking process and therefore our entire well-being. While creating artistic yoga, my approach was to first create a format of yoga that made the practitioner feel, I can do it. We make sure you smile. This keeps your motivation levels high and then you see results, get to ideal weight and muscle tone and also key health parameters are taken care of like blood pressure, sugar metabolism, cardiovascular health, hormonal balance. Simultaneously, I train my teachers to teach closeness to the breath by just being aware of the breath during the yoga session and doing an hour of deep inhalations, long exhalations and the voice of the teacher keeps your awareness on the breath. This simple approach revitalizes all the vital organs of the body and also fills the body with prana and you get happy. With practice, this gets established as the normal state, the default setting. Once this is done, once we learn to tune into the breath and awaken the breath body, we become unconditionally happy. No matter what the circumstances are, we become ready to enter Antarang Yoga. Then it is easy to learn the techniques of breathing, cleansing practices and so on as per need. For some, there is very little extra that they need to do. So the first yoga to learn is to join with the breath. Once this is done, fitness, health and happiness are on autopilot just by being married to the breath. Now we can see why yoga is called 
the psychology of happiness. You don't need to do anything to get quickly to this state. With yoga, it is round the corner and this relaxed, confident and happy person can then look at getting into Antarang Yoga. Hope you have all been able to see the connection between the Mahaprana, the energy that pervades the whole cosmos and your own breath and your well-being. To summarize, by being aware of the breath continuously, we are able to create a vibrant breath body which in turn gives us good physical and mental health and this is very easy to achieve. It is easy to get happy. So before we understand Udanavayu, here is a small introduction to an amazing science and in the following blogs on Vayu, I will touch upon this science in greater detail. Swarodaya, rising of the sound of the breath. There was a legendary classical musician of India who passed away recently. He was known as a yogi among the great musicians. While there have been many greater musical achievements than his and greater stars, what was special about him was that when he sang, you could hear the sound of his singing and beneath that sound, you could also hear a steady, soft, silken flow of his breath and with it, many subtle sounds were carried along. It was a completely different dimension of music. It had the quality of celestial music. I cannot say how he picked up this knowledge, but there were few, if at all any, who practiced this kind of singing. And when you heard him sing, you felt that you smelt a fragrance. You also felt like a lone bird flies in the air, majestic in its flight. And slowly, across the sky, you see one by one, many birds joining that one bird. And soon, there is a flock of hundreds of birds and all are just flying, riding the currents that the eyes cannot see. But as if moving to a celestial flow, flapping their wings and gliding to a celestial rhythm, they are going nowhere, nor are they looking for food. It is just the sublime beauty of existence in a flight. This master musician would start his singing and soon you could feel many vibrations joining his voice, all of them dancing around that one steady flow of breath. It was so smooth that you felt that he did not breathe in or breathe out. The breath just flowed ceaselessly, moving with a very subtle grace and it touched those parts of you that the most brilliantly rendered notes could not. So there is lots happening when we talk about the breath. The etymology of Swarodaya is Swara plus Udaya. Swara is breath, flow, sound, current. Here when we say sound, we are talking about what is referred to in the Bible as in the beginning there was the word. Word was with God. Word is God the sound from which all creation has happened. It is the underlying vibration that is the basis of the whole universe which we have called the Mahaprana. It is also called Anhadnad, the sound of one hand clapping that is not heard with the external ear 
but is heard in deep states of meditation. Udaya means rising. So Swarodaya is Swara plus Udaya. It is the science of the rising or awakening of the principal life breath, flow, sound, current. And this rising gives you a great insight into the very seat and soul of existence, as well as a very detailed knowledge of how things work in our beings. We have seen how the breath is a vehicle to access and influence our whole being. Swara Yoga is the exact science of how to do it. In a famous Indian epic, a master and student are on the battlefield. The student is one of the greatest archers and warriors that ever was and will be. He had fought many a battle and conquered many a warrior. But on this day, he was about to begin a battle which involved fighting unto death his cousins, uncles, his teachers and many kinsmen and friends. And at the sight of this kind of bloodshed, when he saw the two armies arrayed against each other, he developed cold feet. He couldn't get himself to do it. His master, who was also his charioteer, initiated him right in the middle of the battlefield into Swar Yoga. He asked him to practice a form of breathing where the current of exhalation, when you breathe out, the air should not be felt at a distance of more than the breadth of the forefinger, that is about 12 mm. The warrior, his name was Arjuna, did it and this not only calmed him down, he was ready to have a deep insight into the whole cycle of life. Only after this vision did he understand his warrior code and set out to do what he had to do. What is the science behind this? When we get a cold and the nose is blocked, if you have observed, we mostly breathe through one nostril throughout the day. We rarely breathe through both the nostrils. We are constantly breathing through the left nostril once and the right nostril the other time. Every 60 to 80 minutes, the nostril dominance shifts to the opposite nostril and twice a day for a few minutes and during the change moments of alternation between the two nostrils, we breathe through both the nostrils. In the Swarayog paradigm, the three components of being are mind, life force and spirit. When we breathe through the left nostril, the left swara or the left energy current is active. The mental component is active. The mind is dominant. The sense organs are controlled by the left swara. When the right nostril is active, the right swara or energy current is dominant. Life force is active. The right swara controls the organs of action, speech, hands, legs, reproductive organs and the excretory system. When both nostrils are open, we breathe through both the nostrils and the spirit is active. The simplest insight of Swar Yoga is that when we perform activities or conduct our lives in sync with what the dominant nostril supports, we can achieve great success. For example, when the left nostril is dominant, the mental side is active. It is a right time for creative activities to relax, meditate, sow seeds if you are a farmer, sing, drink water. When the right nostril is dominant, the energetic side is active. 
This is the right time for rigorous physical activity, buying and selling, eating, to begin travel, to resist or give a fight, give an opposition. And if both the nostrils are flowing, then it is a great time for yoga or meditation or for an act of life and death which requires the whole being to be engaged and enormous courage. So what did the warrior Arjuna's master do? He first gave him a technique to get both the nostrils to flow and then gave him the breathing technique as we discussed earlier. He got centered and was in the best position to win the battles. From determining the gender of a baby at the time of conception to having foreknowledge of the time of death, Swarayoga is a science that talks about everything. I hope that you could get a little glimpse into a great science. To understand this better, we need to understand the physiology of the body in terms of yoga, the Nadi system and chakra, and of course the Vayus. In the coming blogs, I will take you on a journey of Swara Yoga. Now, let us further explore the Vayus. Like we have seen in this series, the Vayus manage the whole body. Pranavayu brings in energy into the body through inhalation. Pranavayu manages the upper carriage and all the functions of the organs in this area, including the heart and lungs. Apanavayu operates below the navel and is responsible for all functions of elimination, which includes the activities of the excretory and reproductive systems. Samanavayu operates between the navel and the diaphragm. The many vital organs in this area are all concerned with assimilation and Samana manages assimilation. We have seen the vayus that manage ingestion, assimilation and elimination that happen in the physical body as well as the other sheaths. Now we come to Udana Vayu. Udana Vayu, the power of action. Udana Vayu can be called the Vayu of action. It is located in the hands, legs and the head. This Vayu is responsible for the functioning of all the sense organs, eyes, ears, nose, tongue and skin and also three of the five organs of action, hands, legs and speech. The other two organs of action, the anus and the genitals are managed by the Apanavayu. All the functions of the throat and mouth are managed by Udanavayu. Apart from these actions, Udanavayu supports other actions as well which are governed by other Vayus, inhalation and exhalation, chewing and swallowing and vomiting. Udana also means to fly. It is the anti-gravity element in the body. When the Udana Vayu is strong, we feel lightness in the limbs like we are much lighter than the actual body weight we carry. Udana Vayu also connects the brain and the heart, which is a very vital function. And therefore, it has a huge impact on the homeostasis of the body. The connect between the brain and the heart has a very big impact on many vital functions like blood pressure and stress response. So when Udana Vayu is functioning well, it keeps the brain and the heart in a good balance and allows you to develop great immunity to stress. 
The chakra or energy junctions of the body that fall in the domain of Udana Vayu are Vishuddhi chakra or the throat plexus, Agya chakra or the third eye and Shunya chakra which is at the crown of the head. The endocrine system which is responsible for the production and balance of hormones in the body is controlled by the pineal gland and the pituitary gland which are located in the brain. And in the throat area is the thyroid gland which has a huge impact on the metabolism of the body. When Udana Vayu is functioning well, sleep, hunger, thirst come under our control. The entire brain will function well. When someone has paralysis due to a stroke, in the rehabilitation process, the therapist will try to get the person to move the fingers and toes first, then the limbs. By doing this, the Udana Vayu gets stimulated and a stronger Udana Vayu also gets the brain going. We also see this insight in the practice of Tai Chi where slow movement of the limbs with awareness of the breath is used to revitalize the whole body. Because when you move the limbs with awareness, Udana gains power and this has a profound impact on the brain as well and through that on the whole body. When your physician recommends a 25-minute walk or outdoor activity, we are trying to stimulate the Udana Vayu as it is the quickest way to physically touch every cell of the body. When we live sedentary lives, Udana Vayu is kept at subpar levels and so the whole endocrine system begins to rust and as a consequence, all the vital organs perform subpar. Why Udana is connected to meditation is because of the positive impact meditation has on Udana Vayu and in turn, Udana Vayu revitalizes the brain and the entire central nervous system which allows you to get deeper meditative insights. So the next time you move your limbs for a stretch, a yawn, a walk, a swim, cycling, climbing stairs, remember Udana Vayu is being stimulated. It is the quickest way to get happy. In the coming blogs, we will begin to explore what practices of yoga we can adopt to work on each of the Vayus directly. We will also look at the Vayu Mudras, which if practiced daily, can revitalize the whole body. Lots of love, Bharat Thakur